friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. Today we're going to be exploring uh, kind of a new year. Where is God going to be in 2021? Before we do that, uh, last year we published a book, Apprentice to Jesus, 40 Days of Walking in the Way. And there's two things I want to say is this. Love you to buy a copy and I'd love you to buy a copy for your church leader and say, could we do this for Lent this year? Could we explore discipleship as a theme for, for Lent uh, this coming year? So that's the first thing I want to say. Please, would you pick up a copy? Uh, you'll find a, a link in the chat below uh, that you can pick up a copy. The second thing I want to say is this. If you pick up a copy, we're going to be doing something a little bit different in Lent. I'd love to invite you and your family or some friends to join us on. I don't know if you've got a small group or something like that anyway. But in Lent, every Monday night in Lent, I am going to be hosting uh, a little bit of a discipleship school where there's going to be a little bit of input, live input, live Q&A. And we're going to cheer each other on with where we're up to in the book and what we've implemented uh, that past week, where we've struggled, what we've enjoyed. And it's going to be real fun. It's going to be a collaborative, uh, you guys asking questions. Uh, it's not going to be a one-way conversation at all. Uh, so that's going to be coming up in Lent. So we'll give you more information on that uh, in the coming weeks. We're working with SBCK, the publishers, to pull that off. So it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So we'll give you a link to sign up for that uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, so do please pick up a copy of Apprentice to Jesus. Give it to your church leader and say, could we be doing this uh, for Lent this year? Now, as we enter into 2021... What next? Well, we've just done a teaching series, uh, started a teaching series at our church, All Hallows, and it's called Catching Your Breath When You're Running a Marathon That Has No End. How do you keep on going when the marathon does not seem to have a finishing line? You're out of breath. You don't know if you're going to cope. And then January comes. And January is difficult for many of us anyway. How are we going to get? through. And that is what we're going to explore today as we read from 2 Corinthians 12 together. My grace is sufficient for you. So friends, here we go. 2021, catching your breath when you're running a marathon that has no end. So friends, here we go. Catching your breath when you're running a marathon that has no end. I love it. 2020, it was the year that was so odd we named it twice. <laughs> 2020. Um, we are now in 2021. And let's be completely honest. 2021 is only 2020 masquerading under a new name. It's the, it's the same. We've continued. You know, we woke up on New Year's Day and COVID was still out there. Uh, lockdowns were still out there. Uh, people dying were still out there. Uh, or in here for many of us, it, it's the same. Like we've we're carrying on. Like the marathon didn't end on New Year's Eve when we watched Jules Holland's Hootenanny. Like it continues. Um. So th what we're going to be thinking about today is is exactly this uh, kind of theme. What do we do? Like we're now in twenty twenty one, and the marathon uh, that we're in, this COVID marathon, this faith marathon for our lives, we're still going. It's still happening. Now, the reading I want to really draw on today comes from 2 Corinthians 12. And uh, Paul is writing, he's just talked about the fact, uh, this is um, 2 Corinthians 12, um, and he just says in verse 7 um, that 
therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Paul is writing about uh, a persistent difficulty that he has in his life. Uh, we don't know what that difficulty was. Um, it seems to be sin related, just the language that he's he's using. But Paul is running the faith race with this persistent issue uh, in his life. And, and this is what happens when he prays about it. The Lord responds to Paul with these words. And the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more uh, gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in all sorts, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. I love it. This line, my grace is sufficient for you. So how do we keep our spiritual breath in the persistent marathon. You know, we could think we're in the last third of this marathon now. We're here till Easter and then things may start to change. But we don't know, do we? So how do we keep on going? You know, we don't know when the finishing line is of this marathon. So we can end up becoming hopeless. But actually, if we want to finish this race well, if we want to finish this race, uh, one of the ways that we need uh, to keep running is to stay hopeful. Hope, believing in the truth of Jesus, believing in his death and resurrection, believing that all things are in his hands, believing that ultimately God wins. That is what we need to hold on to if we want to carry on running this race well. Watching our mental health and when we drift into negativity, say, no, I'm not going there. I want to chase after hope. Now, the passage that we've got here today, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. I want to explore that for you for a moment and just tease out some of these words that Paul is using here. So God says to Paul, Paul, who's running the race with a thorn in the flesh, he's got a persistent issue that is causing him uh, trouble. And God says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And that first, I want to unpack that word grace. Grace is the word that we use to understand God's act of forgiveness on the cross. Number one, it's it's the word that we use to understand God's forgiveness on the cross. Christ's death on the cross is God's grace for us, no matter what. Uh, we deserved what Christ had and his grace and mercy was that he took it upon himself. Uh, that we wouldn't have to. That's the first understanding of grace, the grace of God's death and resurrection on the cross. So uh, grace is the forgiveness met with the love of God, but it's more than that. And I think this is sometimes where we get stuck. The grace of God is more than just the forgiveness of God and the presence of his love. It's, it's a little bit more than that. And there's another angle on God's grace because God's grace didn't just happen. It happens each day. And this other angle on grace is this. It's the uplifting presence of God. The grace of God is his uplifting presence with us. So, you know, you may say I got through that difficult situation by the grace of God. I got through it by the grace of God. And when we say that phrase, it's not 
purely about forgiveness, is it? It's about something else. I got through that difficult season by the grace of God. Grace is uh, the unashamable truth of his mercy and it is the active presence, the activity of God in our lives. So grace of God is two things. So when Paul says, my grace is sufficient for you, there's two things going on here. It's the act of forgiveness, but it is also the active presence and activity of God in our lives. My grace is sufficient for you. When you are depleted and there is nothing left, God's grace comes as this active presence within our lives. So the grace of God, my grace is sufficient or you know, uh, is, is more than enough, you could say. My grace is more than enough for, it says, for my power. Let's explore that for a second. God's power. The Greek word for power there is dynamis, which is where we get the word dynamite from. It's, it's an explosive power. It's not a dictating power. It's not a crushing power. It's not an authoritative power. But, the, but for God's power is explosive, life-giving power is, is made perfect or is made complete in weakness. Now, let's look at that word weakness there for a moment. Weakness, that Greek word there can be translated as illness, sickness, frailty, trials and troubles and rock bottom. I love that rock bottom. So in other words, you could say, so let me read that again. So uh, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So this is now my translation of that. You know, Chris Rogers, Yorkshireman's translation of the Bible could say like this. My active mercy and ongoing presence is more than enough for you. For my explosive power and strength is more than enough. And it is at its most active when you hit the runner's wall or collapse at rock bottom. The grace of God is uplifting power when we hit rock bottom. So in other words, you could say like this. When you try to hold it all together, you are likely to miss what God has for you. There's a danger if you don't allow yourself to hit rock bottom and you scrabble around trying to somehow make ends meet under your own steam, what you end up doing is missing out on what God has for you. His grace, his grace, his active presence and mercy in your life. When we are spent, his grace meets us and in this we have all that we need. The issue is sometimes before we hit empty, we try to do everything we can. We go to the chocolate bar. We go and buy more Lego. Uh, we bake the uh, banana cake. We drink more coffee or alcohol. We hit YouTube or Netflix to try and self-medicate the fact we're hitting rock bottom. But by doing those things, we can miss what God has for us. So this is good news. Uh, this is good news for fear, grace. This is good news for exhaustion, grace. It's good news for anxiety, 
grace. Good news for January blues, grace. Good news for those that feel burnt out, grace. Good news when we are overwhelmed, grace. Good news when we are on the brink of collapse, grace. God's grace is ready to meet you and hold you in your time of need, grace. If you're like Paul and you are exhausted, there is just some sin or there's some activity that is negative, COVID, in your life that's leaving you exhausted. Know this, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Or my translation, my active mercy and ongoing presence is more than enough for you. For my explosive power and strength is more than enough and at its most active when you hit the runner's wall or collapse at rock bottom. Now Charles Spurgeon, he says this, let us lean on God with all of our weight. Let us throw ourselves on his faithfulness as we do on our beds, bringing all our weariness to his dear rest. I love that. Let's lean on God, throwing ourselves in his faithfulness as we do with our beds, bringing our weariness to his dear rest. So the solution to weakness is not a stiff upper lip. It's to lean on God with all of our weight. It's to throw ourselves on the one whose power is made perfect in weakness. Now, let's just use this analogy of the runner. So catching your breath when you're running a marathon that has no end. One of the issues of runners is they can hit what's called the runner's wall, the brick wall. And the runner's wall is a, is a real thing. It's where the body uh, makes a shift uh, away from where it gets its energy from. So this, understanding this, this shift is really important to understand kind of the, the analogy. So hitting the wall is a condition of sudden fatigue or loss of energy, which is caused by the depletion of um, glycogen uh, stores in your body. This is a, I'm reading this, you can tell, yeah, I, I'm not a runner and I'm no scientist, but I love this. This is the carbohydrate that is stored in your muscles and liver for energy. It is the easiest and most uh, readily available fuel source in your body. So your body uh, uses this energy source when running. And when that has run out, when what you have eaten before the race has now run out, your body suddenly has to change where it's getting its store of energy from. And rather than digging to the easy stuff, it has to dig into the harder stuff. It's your fat. The fat that you hold in your body is now the secondary source of energy. And as your body makes that shift from one energy source to the other, you hit this wall, the runner's wall, as your body now starts to take energy from elsewhere. And it's not as easy for the body to, to, to draw from that place. I think it's a really helpful uh, analogy, particularly when it comes to spiritual stuff. You can be running the faith race and everything that you've done in the past is just hunky-dory. It's got you here. But then you suddenly hit the spiritual wall. God feels distant. You feel distant. You're feeling disconnected from others. It's not making sense. 
you've hit the wall. And suddenly you have to start relying on not what you've been recently doing, but digging into the storehouses that you've been putting into for years, the spiritual fat. And you have to start drawing from what you've stored up over the years to now get you past that spiritual block, that wall, that, that running wall that you are that you are now hitting into. Uh, and you're now having to make a shift to draw upon stuff that you've stored up. If you have not been doing the spiritual disciplines and you've not been storing up uh, what's needed inside of you, you can now find yourself distant from God and distant from others. One of the real painful things that we've been experiencing at our church is there are those that we absolutely know and love. And they got through the first lockdown, but second lockdown of October, November, they've just not coped and they have drifted away from faith. They've not had the reserves to draw from and they've started to make really silly decisions in their lives to try and cope. They're going to all the wrong things rather than relying on the people of God, the family of God and God himself for all that you need. I don't know if you know anything about uh, the Olympics in 1992, but uh, Derek Redmond uh, was running uh, the Olympics. It was the uh, 400 metre sprint and he uh, was set up to be getting either a gold, silver or bronze. He was definitely going to get uh, a medal. People really believe he was favoured to get a medal. And 150 uh, metres in, uh, he snapped a tendon in his leg and he collapses to the floor. And he's on the floor in excruciating pain. The race is over for him as it looks. They bring a stretcher over to him. He has a decision. Am I going to be stretchered off or am I going to get back up and am I going to walk the remainder? And he decides to get up and that he's going to hobble to the finishing line. He wants to finish the race well. And as he is hobbling on the track, a gentleman fights his way through the crowds, down the seats, past the security and runs towards Derek, puts his arm around him. It's his father. His dad has left the seats to come and wrap his arms around him and hold up Derek, even though Derek doesn't have what it takes. And he says, son, you don't have to do this. And Derek responds to his dad, I do. And Derek's dad responds to him and says, well, we will do it together then. And Derek's dad walks with him with his arm around him right up to the finishing line. And then he lets him go to finish the finish line. And 65,000 people stood up and applauded when they saw the determination of this runner. I love that story because we all have a father whose grace is sufficient for us. And his power is enough when we are on our knees, when we cannot finish the race. His grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. The father's strength for Derek was just perfect when Derek had fallen to his knees and he couldn't finish the race. The father wraps his armour around him. So, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. How do we get through the wall? 
I think number one, we have to say this, stop trying to get through on your own strength. We need to stop trying to put things in our lives to make us more strong. If it's not Jesus, it's not going to work. So stop trying to get through on your own steam. Number two, I love it in Ephesians 5, 8, it says this, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. In scripture, the word spirit is the word pneuma, and it can also be translated as breath. Keep on being filled by the Holy Spirit. Keep being filled by the breath of God. When you can't catch your breath, let the breath of God catch you. Let God be your breath. Stop relying. Self-reliance will always lead us back to our knees. Reliance on God and his breath and his spirit is just what we need. So stop trying to do it on your own. Two, allow the breath of God to fill your lungs. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then thirdly, recognise this. What stops a runner from finishing the race is their mental attitude. I don't have what it takes. Shift that to God's grace is all that I need. I don't have what it takes. I have so much fear. Change that to God's grace is all I need. I don't have what it takes. I'm filled with anxiety. Change it to God's grace is all I need. I don't have what it takes. I'm burnt out, overwhelmed and on brink of collapse. Change that to God's grace is all I need. My active mercy and ongoing presence is more than enough for you. For my explosive power and strength is more than enough. And at its most active when you hit the runner's wall or collapse at rock bottom. Friends, as we enter 2021, we don't know what it's going to throw at us. But we do know that there's an Alpha and Omega, the God that is the beginning and the end, that has grace that far outweighs anything. He has all that we need. And if we are willing to receive that grace, experience that grace, be uplifted by that grace and carried by that grace, no matter what the world throws at us, we will get through because God's grace is sufficient for us. Let me pray as we end today's podcast. Heavenly Father, we pray that when we're at the point we we are losing our breath and we're on our knees, we don't know where to turn. Lord, would those words be true? Your grace is sufficient for us. Your power is made perfect in our weakness. Lord, would we know your grace? Would we know your forgiveness? Would we know your active presence and activity in our lives? And would we know that it is all that we need? Oh man, friends, have a blessed week and I cannot wait to catch up with you again next time. Grace and peace. Peace.